0: Welcome to In the Isles, the movie and TV podcast that has not been bought by Elon Musk. He couldn't afford us. I'm James. I'm Dan. This week, we're going to talk about what we have been watching. We've got some real, real news, and our main review is Halloween Ends, just on time for the Monday, 31st of October release of this podcast.
1: Like to cut it fine, don't we? Yep. Anyway, how are tricks? How are you?
0: I'm good. I actually went out and did something. I went to Liverpool to watch a uh, piano concerto concert.
1: How oh, civilized.
0: Yeah. From a little known composer called Beethoven. Daddy? Yeah, well, he wasn't, he's the combo- composer, but not the conductor.
1: Of course. Yeah. That makes far more sense.
0: So in the front row, you could hear the, the pianist breathing. You could hear him breathe. Nothing to say. Really funny. Not much of an anecdote, anecdote but that's what happened.
1: Before we began, we were talking about uh, the NHS being on its ass. I didn't tell you this little anecdote. So my partner had a baby last week. You know this. Um, But whilst we were in there, we were treated to real life Jeremy Kyle. So across the way was a 16-year-old girl who was pregnant, who was effing and jeffing, saying, it's too painful all the time. And basically she refused to let a nurse examine her internally. And she said, I don't enjoy it and we were all like no one's enjoying it love no one's enjoying it and basically the reason why she wouldn't get examined was not only because she didn't enjoy it but because it was a bit gay
0: no no she didn't say that
1: she did say that in front of everyone and then to make matters worse uh dad came in and said oh i'll do it as long as you let me go back in and fetch me watch afterwards yeah yeah Unbelievable! Just thought I'd share that one with you.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Child will surely be put in social services soon.
0: Well, she's had nine months to be told this will this will hurt. Yeah. So why is she now saying, "Oh no, it's just too, it's too much"? Come on, we've all seen House of the Dragon. We all know now the pain that's involved. We've been educated.
1: She also said, "If this carries on, I'm going to punch this baby in the face." Um and then she was moaning about the fact that she hadn't brought any of her edibles in to the hospital. So classic, classic mother there.
0: Edibles, just to clarify that you mean that like edible recreational drugs.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Of which she just had some the day before and she didn't know where she'd put a weed stash either. So yeah. It's just beggars belief. But it's Halloween, so there's a little horror story for you. Yeah. Are you going to treat us to plentiful horror content that you've watched this week? You know, are you? It's all right. I've done that if you've not.
0: Yeah. Uh no, actually. I don't have any I don't have any horror besides Halloween ends.
1: Go on, hit us with it then. What have you been watching? Non-horror related.
0: Coming in strong. Strong as the rock with Black Adam. The number one movie in the world. That has a 90% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is the highest DC movie Rotten Tomatoes score since Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight trilogy. I and, did it not a, know that. and it has and it has a cameo from Henry Cavill, as superman, in the end credits scene. That's not a spoiler, it's not a spoiler, it's not a spoiler because the rock has posted that on Instagram. And Henry Cavill okay. has posted a video of himself anyway. So those are all those are the facts about this film that you will find on The Rock's Instagram page. So it's this is a hit film. However, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. It's not utterly without merit. Pierce Brosnan is good. That is true. Dwayne Johnson is good. He's always, at least, okay. And that's it. Those are the only merits to this film. In my opinion, I'm surprised to see some commentators that I watch give it a pass. The story... 5,000-year-old champion returns to save his country, the fictional land of Klandark or something. But before that, you have to go through an anti-hero arc. I'm not a hero. Oh, actually, now that I've thought about it, I am. But all Black Adam does from the start is kill evil military guys from inter-gang that are declared to be colonialist, imperialist, resource-stealing scum who chase after children. So he's a hero from the start, killing these disposable goons. There is a flaw that hasn't been picked up on that's very specific that I think damages the film quite a lot. Black Adam floats around to move. He rarely walks or runs. And he can fly, obviously, but he will float around scenes. And he's he's often standing still like an immovable object and... When he's in action, he doesn't react to bullets or missiles being thrown at him because he's so strong. And he speaks in quite short sentences. He gives short responses to things. Now, doing the character that way takes away Dwayne Johnson's greatest weapons, his body and his voice. That How does Black Adam walk across a room and square up to people? And how does he respond when a child stands in his way? That How does he move around him? You don't really get to see any of that because he's just drifting through. So The Rock doesn't get to use his well-trained physique to move around and interact with things. And The Rock can talk to a live audience flawlessly for 20 minutes, as we've seen. Look up his return to Raw in 2011, in February, I think. So why have all his lines be five words long? It's a waste of his voice and charisma. And that's something I've not seen, picked up on. So I'm not a fan. Two out of ten, wouldn't recommend it.
1: Two. Two vicious. I'm surprised when you said it was 90% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I did not know that. I thought it had just been panned, but yeah, I'd say what a shame, but I had absolutely no desire to watch this film anyway. So glad to have it confirmed that there's no point. Anything worth watching?
0: Yes, The Empress on Netflix. Remember Netflix, that failed streaming service? Once the great streaming service, now has no subscribers, apparently, according to to the media. The Empress is a German historical drama series based on the life of Empress Elizabeth of Austria, starring Devrim Langling now as the Empress. And the story is that she comes from a, a humble, but still royally connected noble house, and she ends up bewitching Emperor Franz Joseph marries him. And how is this slightly rebellious girl going to deal with becoming such a powerful figure? Well, you'll find out over these six episodes. If you like the crown and house of the dragon, watch the Empress. It's that simple. It's got the perilous intrigue, the production values, the romance, the political maneuvering. And as I said, it's only six episodes and every episode does deliver progression, decisions, Character development, and by the end, we were very invested in it. We were audibly gasping at the at the decisions being made, at the twists, and I really hope we we'll make season two because it ends in such a way that you have to see what happens to the wider political situation in the Austrian Empire after what the Empress does. And how that impacts on her relationship with her mother-in-law, who's the, who is the, the real person that's in power, that's her main rival throughout the series. Devrim Rimbling now, German actress. You haven't heard of her. You don't know who she is. She's only appeared in a few German films that have a few hundred ratings each on IMDb. But she's very good. Good lead. She's strong when she needs to be, vulnerable when she needs to be, naive and cunning. Rings of Power writers take note for Galadriel for season two. There are lessons to be learned. The Empress on Netflix recommended.
1: Very good. Uh forgive me if you did say. What what sort of period of history does this cover? Because I'm that ignorant. I don't even know who this person is. So.
0: I didn't know either, but she is a fairly significant figure. It is the mid-19th century.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And she was the Empress for 40 years. So there's a lot there's a lot of story to tell. And there is there's been a lot of films about. This this uh, historical figure over the decades, going back to nineteen fifties.
1: Very good. If it wasn't to get a second series, just based off how you said it ended, w- would it? Would you still view it as a satisfying thing to watch, independent of seeing the rest of the story? No. Right. Well, let's hope but, for the yeah, best. <laughs> no, if you don't make a
0: series two. I'll be frustrated.
1: Right. Anything else on that watch list of yours?
0: Something that I believe we've both watched. To its conclusion, Bad Sisters on Apple TV which is the story of a group of sisters. Five I think.
1: Yeah, sounds about right.
0: Five sisters, one of them called Grace. She has a husband and he's awful. He's called JP and he's he's dead. He is dead and this is in the first episode. He is dead and Grace's four sisters, they hate him and we learn that they wanted him dead for various reasons. And they were they were plotting to kill him in the past. And the story takes place in these two timelines. Before JP's death, we find out what an awful person JP was, the worst person in the world who sh- should die horribly. And you, you see the, the plans of the sisters. You see why they want to kill him. Then in the present day, there is a insurance company trying to find out the truth behind JP's death because they don't want to make the massive life insurance payout. And as they are investigating the circumstances around JP's death, there's this feeling of the net closing in around the sisters. But what happened? Who killed JP and when and why exactly? It's all a mystery and you only uh, find out towards the end, of course. You think that's a fair explanation? of the story, I think I might have made it more complicated than it needed to be.
1: No, absolutely spot on, as described. So yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to what, I don't know, I'm not going to piss on your description. It was correct.
0: great. So, I'll be brief. It's fantastic, brilliant. One of the shows of the year. Unexpectedly funny, dramatic, moving, gripping, addictive. I had to know who killed JP. The prick, they call him the prick. I had to know. All the performances are perfect. It's set in Ireland. It's filmed in Ireland. And Ireland looks beautiful. It's not just about who killed JP, like Rings of Power is about who is Sauron. It's also about will all these characters be okay at the end? And will they be friends? And how do they interact with each other and turn on each other throughout the series in the present day and back in in the past? If this was on Netflix, this would be a massive hit. It would have been number one. For the past three months, it would have been huge. But again, it's hidden on Apple TV, so no one's talking about it.
1: Which is a crying shame. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm more or less certain that it's going to be in my top five at the end of the year. And what I really liked about it is, as you've just explained, it sounds quite morbid in in tone and subject matter, but it is quite breezy and lighthearted at the same time. And it was just one of those things where I was just like, it's it's nice to have something to watch that just isn't bleak because it should be really with, with some of the themes that are going on. But I just, I really loved the chemistry between all the sisters. It's just an absolutely cracking show. Sharon Hogan, who writes this Irish actress and writer, she can do no wrong. I've loved all the stuff she's done. And there's actually another series which I have not reviewed on this podcast yet <clears throat> called Shining Veil have you heard of this it's like no. a horror comedy with Courtney Cox and Greg Kinnear where they buy a house and it's a bit haunted that's brilliant as well probably not nowhere near on the same level as bad sisters but she's just she's just a cracking writer she knows what yeah. she's doing well yeah
0: well that's that's true but did you know that bad sisters is in fact based on a Flemish TV series that aired on Belgian TV in 2011.
1: Yes, I find that out only after finishing it. But still, she's adapted it well. Yeah, one yeah. would hope. So uh, yeah. and just hasn't completely done a line for line rip off. But maybe I'll watch that at some point and compare, just out of pure curiosity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, all the sisters are great. But clay's Bang, C L A E S. I wouldn't really know how to pronounce that. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. He's the guy that plays JP. He's so awful. He's awful. It's not even like he's awful, but, mm, you know, maybe there's some reason for this. Nope, he's just a terrible, terrible, cruel and vindictive person. He's he's just disgusting. Every, every scene that he's in, every scene, he says something or does something awful and unforgivable terrible but 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 there are some bits where he's he's so terrible that it's it's darkly funny not in a way that you think oh he's funny and if you were there you'd think oh that's pretty funny that he said that not like that it's so ridiculous that he someone would be this awful that it's funny
1: yeah yeah i know you'd laugh in disbelief at just what a dick he is um and I, I did laugh out loud at some of the comments that he made, but I've never seen him in anything other than Dracula, Stephen Moffat's Dracula, where he paid, played Dracula um, before. But he's he's a very good actor. It's just a shame that even the audience want him dead in this, which is probably the desired effect.
0: He was in The Northman.
1: Oh, you really liked that, didn't you?
0: Yeah, I did. near, In The Northman, the problem is they've all got beards and long hair. They're all dirty and they all look the same. So, I don't, I don't, I can't say who he, who he actually was. Yeah, Bad Sisters on Apple TV is good. Another one starring Eve Hewson, Bono's daughter.
1: Oh, she was the lead actress in Behind Her Eyes, the Netflix series, wasn't she?
0: Yes, and was also in the Tesla film with uh, Ethan Hawke.
1: Of course, of course.
0: I too think this will appear in my uh, top five at the end of the year, along with Severance. So, things looking good for Apple
1: yes it is get yourself a seven day trial we've been saying it for months but now there's even more reason to do so
0: that's what i've been watching daniel what have you been watching
1: so i'll in the spirit of halloween fill the horror void first off with smile so this is a newish horror film that's gone on to make mega books at the box office. I believe it was a $20 million film, and it's currently, as of recording, made around $170 million back, which is a tidy profit. I don't know if you... Have you seen the ad campaign for this that went viral?
0: I've just seen the poster on the side of a bus.
1: Ah, so many people... I think it was more in the US that it went viral than the UK, but basically a lot of the cast were showing up to sporting events and just smiling creepily in the crowd, which made people a bit like, "Oh, what's going on here? It's weird. Anyway, this stars Kevin Bacon's daughter, Sosie Bacon, which I probably shouldn't introduce her in that way, but I was surprised to find out that information. She was the goth character in 13 Reasons Why Season 2, if you remember that. Don't know her name in that. She plays a psychologist who unfortunately witnesses a patient committing suicide in front of her in a very, very gruesome way, all the way smiling away as she does so. And following this quite traumatic incident, a lot of strange things start happening in her life. And she slowly but surely starts to resemble the patients that she used to look after rather than the medical professional that she once was. And she's losing her grip on reality. Or is she losing reality? That's the question. Is it any good? Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. I think we've said this quite a few times now, but it, if because of the number of dreadful horror films that come out, if anything is just all right or half decent, people are losing their minds about it, and that's kind of what's happening here, in my opinion. Um, it's not to say it isn't without merit. It is. It is a decent horror film, but it's nothing groundbreaking, I would say. Uh, saucy bacon is a big reason why the film works she's a very good actress and she holds the film together more or less the entire runtime is spent with her and they also make effort to flesh out a bit of a personal backstory for her where she's battling her own demons and she's got a troubled past which centers on a relationship that she has with her mother and that definitely doesn't hurt in you know you warm into this character and, and relating into her and buying into that plight From a horror standpoint, there are some good jump scares. It was mildly embarrassing. I jumped out of my seat three times. No one else in the cinema did. Um, So I don't know if that's just I'm a bit sensitive to this stuff, which I'm not normally, but I would say they're very, very effective. Um, In terms of effectiveness, I think the first two thirds are actually really, really good. There's a scene where Saucy Bacon, don't know her character name, I apologise, she goes and sees her nephew and delivers him a present and... Things go south very, very quick. That's all I'll say there. But it was a really, really good moment. There are some standout scenes. There was an annoying point in this where she has a fiancé. And I thought, who is this guy? I know this guy. Why can't I place him? So I had to leave the cinema because I had no reception just to find out who it is. And it's A-Train out of the boys. I think just not seeing him in his suit, it just felt very weird. Anyway, another side story to this as well, because I was disgusted so I really really needed the toilet halfway through left and because I didn't want to miss any of the film I was a bit naughty and I went to the disabled toilet because uh wasn't a heavily populated cinema it was the light in Bolton don't think it's doing very well anyway went in I've never seen so much piss in weird and wonderful places in my life like it was borderline on the ceiling I don't know how anyone managed to make that mess. It was, oh, it was probably more horrific than the film. Word of warning, don't assume that the disabled toilets will be better kept than the normal ones, because that was, Well, Anyway. So yeah, smile. Back to the film. Smile.
0: So that's out now in cinemas, is it?
1: It is indeed. It's probably got another four weeks left before it disappears and it then is. appears on streaming. On
0: streaming, yeah. Saucy Bacon, also the main character in As We See It. The, What's that? The TV series about people on the autism spectrum. And she's there. She's their like handler, their carer. And she lives together with, with three people on the spectrum. And I loved it.
1: I remember it now. I think you said that was also a contender for top five. You liked yes. it that damn much.
0: I did. And I didn't know she was in Smile. I've only seen the poster for this, but that isn't her on the poster.
1: Yeah, it's, it's all right. It's all right.
0: What else have you been watching?
1: I've been watching The Watcher. This is Ryan Murphy, the man who shits out content for fun for Netflix. He's back with another. And this is based on a true story. I've just done air quotes. Now, I watched this because a good few years ago, being the true crime fan that I am, I've listened to a podcast that covered this case and I found it very, very fascinating. It's about a family who purchased the dream home only to be scared off by a series of bizarre and unsettling letters that are sent to them. So I'm doing horror again. Halloween, sticking with the theme. Anyway, given the passage of time since I listened to that podcast and, you know, my age, my general mental decline, I forgot all the details. So we sat down to watch it and within the first two episodes, I I turned to my partner and I'm like this has got to be heavily fictionalized, like really heavily fictionalized. I do not remember any of this stuff happening. But I thought, I'm not I'm not going to Google it. I'll leave it to the end. And we watched some more. And I was like, th- this is some seriously messed up stuff that went on. I cannot Adam and Eve it. And, and then I, th- I thought maybe actually the podcast that I listened to was about the previous couple because it was a fair few years ago. Maybe this is like more current because there's references to TikTok in it. And TikTok wasn't around when I heard about this thing. So I thought, have they just brought it up today? Is it the new couple? I don't know. Anyway, I finished it now and I'm not going it, to say it's a must-see because it's definitely not. And I Googled it after we finished it and almost all of it is fabricated, apart from the fact that a couple got a letter. So the whole series revolves around them living in this house. They never even lived in it for the five years that they owned it. That That is a fundamental thing that you, you just cannot make up that's integral to being scared in this situation, I think. So, yeah, it's it's a bit of a shame because Bobby Cannavale, or Cannavale, don't know how you say it, Naomi Watts, great actors. They've done a lot better than this. It's, it's nice to see them on screen together, but that's about the nicest thing I can say about it. Distinctly, bang, average.
0: I watched the first 20 minutes, identified it as mediocre Netflix content, turned it off, never went back. It's, you one, of it's yeah. one of them. I could just, I could tell straight away. It had that look to it.
1: Looks were not deceiving on this occasion. Do not watch The Watcher. I won't. <laughs> I'm not going to review this now. I'm going to review it next week. For anyone who was a fan of Abducted in Plain Sight, the Netflix documentary, the deeply troubling Netflix documentary that's a bit beyond belief, but is nevertheless true. A friend of the family is on no TV. I'm going to review it next week. Well worth a watch. That's all I'll say for now.
0: Let's do real news. See you in a minute. It's the real thing.
1: It is now.
0: Real, real. News, news. What's new in the world of news?
1: So it's it's not new as such, because this news came out Early last year, I think it was. But there's been an update to it. So David Gordon Green, who is the subject of our firing line um, when we get to our main review in a bit, or will it be? Maybe it's a good film. We'll see. He directed Halloween, the latest uh three films in that franchise. He's doing The Exorcist and two sequels. He's doing a remake of The Exorcist and a further two sequels. I did not know that until now so that was news to me so i thought i'd departed upon the world for anyone else who was in the same boat but the update to that is that he says that william friedkin who was the director of the original will not be involved in anywhere with the exorcist sequels now the other thing that i found quite interesting about this was when halloween the latest halloween came out that was received quite well by critics so i think he got this gig off the back of that And now Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends have come out. And that soured people's opinion of what he's going to do with this franchise. And people are a bit like, oh, we thought it was a good idea. Maybe it's not now because we've seen what you've done to Halloween. So that's the update. James, I don't think you are remarkably fond of The Exorcist. Are you intrigued to see what this looks like? Do you not care? Should we move
0: on? It will be difficult to overstate how little I care about it. Put it that way. Is it going to be a a requel? Will it be a a sequel just to the first Exorcist film?
1: I think it's a a complete reboot. Right. Well, we'll move on to news that we probably can both discuss and have opinions on. Avatar, way of water. It's got a runtime. It's just past three hours. I'm not shocked by that. If I'm honest, I was expecting as much What I wanted to know from you, James, is, is there any anticipation left for this film, given we've waited so damn long for it? Do you care? I can't actually remember what your original opinion was on Avatar. So let's discuss that.
0: Yeah, I thought Avatar was okay. And I didn't watch it in 3D because I decided by that point I'm against 3D. But I I enjoyed it. It all looked good. And then when the DVD came out, no, when the Blu-ray came out, I bought the Blu-ray because I felt like, oh, this, I have to have this because this is a good film. But then I watched it and thought about it and realised, actually, this film is not that good. It's just, it's just okay. But it's technically so outstanding. It makes you think it's better than it actually is. I can't find the name of the person that wrote the article, but there was a memorable article that came out that said that Avatar, despite making so much money, has no cultural impact. And that's really stuck in my mind the point is is that it's not iconic it's not an iconic film it's just well known because people saw it but it like there's there's no real no one says oh remember that scene remember that character it's just a technical a good technical achievement that made money and that's my opinion and yes it came out 15 years ago so the, think, there, there are fifth was it not 15 years
1: i think it's 2009 Okay. I don't know why I've got that in
0: my head. It came out 13 years ago, so there are 13 year old Well, is it going to come out next year. There are 14-year-olds that will go into this film that will see the first Avatar as a film that came out before they were born, one of those old films. That, yeah. That doesn't have Tom Holland in. I think that the anticipation is more to do with will it be good and how much money will it make and what's technology like? Not, I can't wait to see the continuation of this story that I'm really invested in, that I really remember.
1: Yeah, I think I... I'm in full agreement with you on that. I cannot believe you've confessed to the cinematic crime of not watching this as James Cameron intended in 3D, James. Will you be doing that for the sequel, or do you think you'll be convinced to no. shove the glasses on?
0: No. No, it makes me f- physically sick watching 3D, so no.
1: Maybe you just had a bad experience.
0: No, because I've multiple times I, I tried. I tried.
1: Okay. okay. No. Well, there you go. I'm, I'll go and see it. I don't really care that much for this property but like you say it's more the what are they going to achieve from a technical standpoint and i've heard that the actual water looks great so keep your eye out for that wet substance james what news have you got
0: according to empire online and other outlets james gunn to run dc studios for warner brothers so after his next marvel project which i'm guessing is guardians volume 3 He's going to go off with his producing partner, Stephen, that's not his name, Peter Safran, to jointly run a new studio unit called DC Studios to replace DC Films, and that will overview much of the Warner DC-based films and TV. Hmm. It seems that the hierarchy of power in the DC universe really has changed, just like Dwayne Johnson said it would. And this article says that it's a four-year initial DC exclusive Deal, and he'll still be making movies and TV shows whilst also handling executive decisions. So you'll still get to see irreverent uh, comic book films that completely undermine their own drama with, with comedy beats for the foreseeable future in DC. And there's an article in Hollywood Reporter as well about DC at a turning point because they've got James Gunn with his influence, but Dwayne Johnson is also flexing his Superman power by uh, openly talking about his vision for a future Black Adam versus Superman film. So, a lot is going on at DC.
1: I'm just glad, well, hopefully, I'll be glad that they've just got a bit of direction, because it's just been so all over the show, hasn't it, for far too long. And I can't say I'm a huge James Gunn fan, didn't really love Suicide Squad, but... Whatever, Guardians of the Galaxy is good. But he at least has his own vision for things and and hopefully that does point them in the right direction. So I'm excited. And also, what an absolute career turnaround because he was on the verge of being cancelled a good few years ago amid some uh, historical rape and paedophilia tweets he made uh, that got him fired from Guardians of the Galaxy before he was reinstated. But look at him now. Look at him now.
0: Yep. He was cancelled but then uncancelled. He was too valuable to uh, Disney.
1: One of the rare few.
0: Do you have any excitement for the DC films? I think you liked Bat. You liked the Batman, didn't you? Did you like Joker as well? So they've they've got some. They've come out with some decent stuff. So maybe with a, a coherent vision, do you think they might come out with something good?
1: I I really 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 hope so because I'd love for them to replicate what Marvel have done in some way. Because I think we've all but said we're we're quite fatigued with that but I would like them to mirror their early success and have something brought to the table that's uh, just not so messy, basically, and doesn't have a coherent timeline or, you know, chronology. We'll see, we'll see. I'm mildly awaiting the results, shall we say.
0: Okay. I don't mind the, the lack of a timeline, like Joker and the Batman being unrelated. I don't mind that they're unrelated. They're just both good, and that's enough for me.
1: I suppose what I was meaning by that is, you know, this whole thing with the Flash yeah, with, oh, we're going to bring in several Batmans, mm. it just feels like forced in and doesn't actually make any sense um, and I just think Marvel's just done a lot better job of building a universe, is what I meant that I would like to yeah. see them do, but I don't mind the here and there film that's completely disconnected. I've actually found that quite refreshing but it would be nice to to see that as well at some stage alongside these independent films. Okay. If that made any sense.
0: That does make sense, but does this week's main review make sense? Hello, I'd like to order an opinion, please. This film is new, fresh point of view. Hold me sit back, this is a fact. We in the aisles, here are some aisles, thoughts in sync, tell you what to think. I'll listen to you, but please don't rap, again. This week's main review is...
1: The saga of Michael Myers and Laurie Strode comes to a spine-chilling climax in this thankfully final instalment of this trilogy. I added the word thankful. James, what did you think of this film we were forced to review?
0: I thought better of this than Black Adam. It's the film of the week. I'll say that much. Halloween Kills, the second film in the trilogy. That was not good. It was not good. I can't believe it's been a year since we watched that. And the only good thing to come out of that was the evil dies tonight, evil dies tonight, becoming something of of a meme. Expectations were not high. Halloween ends, it was marketed as Final Girl, Final Fight, Laurie versus Michael, a showdown film. How can they make a showdown last 90 minutes? Answer, they don't. And that's where I admire it. And I have almost good things to say. It starts with a tragic accident that leads Corey Cunningham, the babysitter, being cast out from society and becoming an outcast. What does that experience do to someone? And when evil is fested in a town, like a poison, what happens to the people in the town? And when they direct their hatred to one man, what happens to that man? Does he become evil? Is evil something that can give someone life and superhuman strength? and access to custom-made Halloween masks. Laurie's granddaughter, Alison, her mum was killed in the previous film, and she lives with Laurie Gemma Curtis, whose life is tied to evil. So could Alison end up being attracted to evil? Could she be turned as well? Those were the issues that were circling in my head as I was was watching it. I think the film looks... Go on.
1: Can I just say that you've given this film quite a quite an eloquent review so far that I did not think he deserved. I don't disagree with anything that you've said so far, but I've just um I'm loving it. Sorry, continue.
0: Right. It looks good. Looks good. It's set in modern day, but the town has like a, a timelessness and a tiredness and a bleakness that I thought was uh was effective. A little bit washed out. And there's a nice scene with uh, Corey and Alison on a bike At night, and I think they go up onto a rooftop and look over the town or something. And Michael Myers' underground cave, that was a a good location. In the sewer, which is not a cave, it's it's like in the sewer. And the kills, when they come, they're gruesome and varied, so tick for that. However, all those issues that were swirling around in my head, it, it didn't come to anything. It came to nothing. The execution just wasn't there. Having those ideas in the film and I think those ideas are there, doesn't make it good. The Laurie versus Michael stuff, it, feel, it felt tagged on and unnecessary. And when it does come, it's almost comical. It's not a good fight. And then it ends. What did you think of Halloween Ends?
1: Do, do you think David Gordon Green is elated at the fact that this is over with? Because I, <laughs> I feel like he's got to be at this point. he made the first one and they were like, oh, we did say three. And then he's like, oh, God, I've got to do the same thing again. And that's how I felt going watching this film. I've got to put myself through it again. But despite that, I dragged myself to see it. And we we, we did what we did last year. We were doing our bit for the people. I, I was so indifferent towards the previous films that, again, I've chosen not to return any information about them. I do recall most of the last one. And I actually went back to listen to our episode just to remind myself of what I thought. And to repeat a bit of what I said last year, because it's still relevant going into this, that this story has been done to absolute death. It bores me. I've lost all interest at this point. So that that's my big preamble to say I did not want to watch this. So despite that, we're here, we've got a duty, and we've seen it. And as for what I thought, I really like the opening. You mentioned there's a bit of a shocking opening death, and it's not actually what you might think it is. I thought, oh, that's, uh, oh, okay. And then weirdly enough, the next 45 minutes goes by without like a single kill. And I thought, this, this is not shaping up to be what I expected. Uh, this time around, Haddonfield, as you kind of pointed out, it's moved on from Michael Myers. They've got a new boogeyman, and it's this 20 something male babysitter. And, I can't reveal much more about that. Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curtis's granddaughter, she dates him and things go sideways very quickly. Now, going back to what the review was last time around, my main complaint was that it didn't do anything new. And I'll echo what you said. I cannot say the same about this one. So say what you will about it not conforming to probably what an audience's expectations were. I really liked it for that. Because I did not want another 90 minutes of the same thing all over again. And that that's not me saying it's a great film, but given the fact that I was actively resenting watching this, it surprised me by not being the film that I expected. And that even like an hour and 50 minutes, I was not checking my watch. I wasn't like, please let this be over. It was just, it was fine. And I didn't find that runtime offensive. I don't want to go into too much of the detail of the film because it will spoil it, but Another complaint from last year, Jamie Lee Curtis, she's barely in it. It's the opposite here, but this time around, Michael Myers isn't in it very much, which is very weird for a film titled Halloween Ends. But I didn't care. I really didn't care that he wasn't in it. I was just like, thank you for just doing something different and me not having to watch Michael Myers and his one no antics again. You've said, and it's not a spoiler to say, uh, because you would expect it, Michael Myers is in the film. It's just not focusing in on that. It is, as you said, a bit tacked on. And it's like a secondary story almost, but somehow still relevant given the substituted plot, which I liked. It was good how they did that. Uh, You get some nice looking shots of people's faces in blood, reflected in blood and knives. That all looks quite nice. You've said decent kills to boot which is a compliment that we actually gave the last one. All in all, it's not going to become a must-watch film come next Halloween, but it goes left field in some very interesting ways, and I do respect it for that. So not the train wreck that IMDb would have you believe, because I think this is the lowest rated of all the films, and I think I actually liked it the most.
0: I don't agree with the worst criticism that it's getting. I don't think it's as bad as... Many people are saying it's very, 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 very bad, and I don't agree with that.
1: Yeah. No, I'm on the same page as you with that one. I think it's the best in the trilogy. Yeah. But not a high bar, let us say. I have nothing else to say, do uh, you? Uh, no, no. Let's get to it then. James, would you recommend Halloween ends? Uh, as Yes. you, you
0: know, Yes, go on, for streaming. Don't go out and watch it. Don't rush out and pay for petrol and cinema ticket and food and having to avoid people that you think might attack you in the street when you walk in from your car to the cinema and then having to deal with, oh, I don't want to sit next to them, but I don't want to just judge them by what they look like. Or should I sit here? Oh, well, now someone's allowed to next to me anyway. Don't bother with all that. Just watch it when it comes out on streaming.
1: And you know what? It annoys me quite a bit that because if you live in America, you can watch this at home. Yep. It's been simultaneously released on Peacock, I think it is. Yes. I want to say. But in the uh, in the UK, where we're a bit, you know, we do things the old way and we're yep. a bit backwards. So you have to go into a cinema to watch this. Yes. Agree with what you said. I do actually recommend it, but wait for it to come on streaming. Mm-hmm. And bar, we'll be getting to it, but it's a Halloween episode. So I feel it only right to say this at this point you've seen the film that we're reviewing next week barbarian we'll talk more about that next week if you had to go and watch one film of which i've seen i'd say go and watch smile if you want halloween film it is worth the watch out of the two um but maybe barbarian might be a good option as well
0: yeah i would choose barbarian over this so of the three horror films that we've seen this would rank third
1: yeah okay (laughs) okay Right, shall we get to spoilers and reveal why does it go so left field, this film? Bruce Willis. Real name is Tyler Durden. Sank at the end. Oh, thanks a
0: lot. (laughs) Spoilers. Corey Cunningham accidentally kills the child that he's babysitting. And because he's outcast from the town, he eventually decides, you know what? I'm just going to become the next Michael Myers, but with a scarecrow mask instead. Kills a few people, all people that are they don't deserve to die, but they're either bullies or they're just a bit like not very nice. And then Michael Myers emerges for like a final killing spree. They go after Laurie. Laurie shoots Corey and he dies a slow death. No, he kills himself with a knife to the neck as Alison is walking in. So Alison's like, oh, no, you killed my boyfriend. And then Alison and Laurie fight Michael for the last time and kill him. They don't—they kill him, but then they throw his body into a meat grinder.
1: So we'll start with that very end bit. So, yeah, it looks like Laurie has killed Alison's boyfriend. Now, my understanding at that moment in time, the relationship between the two is not great. Alison's refusing to answer her grandmother, but somehow just decides, oh, "I'll I'll turn up. I'll go and say hello at the worst possible time, then leaves in anger and and despair because her boyfriend's been killed, but then comes back again. In terms of logic, yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense. But I don't think this is a film which is fighting for an Oscar in terms of its uh, screenwriting. So it's fine. We'll forgive it for that. That bit didn't make sense to me. What you've just said and how you introduced this film is quite interesting to me. So I think your take on this is that So fed up is this guy with being painted the bad guy for an an accident that was beyond his control. He's full of resent and and he becomes a villainous evil murderer. There is a scene earlier on where Corey's beaten up and he's kind of just thrown to the wayside and he wakes up in Michael Myers' lair, basically. Michael Myers grabs him and there's like a series of flashbacks. So this is where I thought, because of how the film then progresses... Is this some supernatural element that they're introducing here where he's sort of inhabiting Michael Myers's murderous ways or, or, you know, he's possessed him somehow? I didn't take it to be a, ah, I'm just fed up and I'm going to go on a killing spree. I thought, I thought there was something otherworldly going on there. I don't think it is very clear, but yeah, just interesting that that was your take.
0: Yeah. I can I can see that as well that it might have been a supernatural thing. I thought that when Corey takes the pushy cop, he's coming onto Allison a bit too strongly. He t- Corey takes him into the cave. Michael Myers kills him. And it looks a bit like Michael Myers is getting recharged after he kills that guy. Did you notice that? Mm,
1: uh now that you've said it, that makes sense. Yeah. It
0: was like it was like he was feeding off of the the death and the destruction. It was part supernatural, but part... Well, no, it was fully supernatural that this 70-year-old man is getting, like, recharged with his super strength from killing someone. But I think the Corey thing, I didn't think it was a spirit transference. I just thought he'd gone, oh, you know what? I'm just going to be evil as well. And the the granddaughter character, Alison, played by Andy Matichak, There there are bits in it where she has, like, a devilish look on her face. And I wondered if there was a version of this where Corey and... Allison teamed up to go around killing people. Not innocent people, but just people that had wronged them. They just decided they'll take matters into their own hands and it was like evil has, has taken has taken them over with like Corey being influenced by Michael and Andy being influenced by Laurie who just has this dark shadow around her. They both end up turning to evil. Maybe there's a version of that film somewhere out there in an alternate reality.
1: And equally would have been an interesting, different take and and not what we expected. Uh, The other reason why I thought the supernatural side of things, and let's face it, there's always been an element of the supernatural with this film because the guy just won't die. He will not die. So you've got that, but they've never really gone that extra mile to say, oh, there is something weird and wonderful going on here. But um, the father of the boy that that Corey was babysitting there's a scene with him later on he said, "I knew that that was not Corey when I looked in his eyes, and there's quite mm-hmm. a few references to his eyes just like it's not the same person, and that's why I thought it was more of a possession type thing, but I think you can read you can read that um in whatever way you want to uh,
0: yeah, it's sort of it's it's either way, it's a transformation. He transforms yes. into another being,
1: wow. Just just because I've just mentioned it, I thought this was quite hilarious. So yeah, Michael Myers, the guy who cannot be killed. Set him on fire, shoot him in the head, shoot him 50 times, whatever it is, he will not die. Have a bit of a wrestling match with him, though. And you'll you'll surely get his, his mask off him and do a do a runner. Definitely. What was that about? That was it was a really, really feeble fight between Corey and Michael. He just nicks off with his mask. I thought, you're too easily defeated there, mate. Yeah. Yeah, You're Michael Myers. Grow yeah, some he's, balls. he's
0: suddenly not superhuman anymore when he needs to not be superhuman anymore.
1: If I'm nitpicking, one other thing that I I didn't know whether I just missed something or I was right in what I was thinking. Did you pick up on the bit where So is living in the house of the family whose child he murdered because it's been abandoned. And suddenly we get this like showdown scene, not a showdown as such, but a Conversation between Laurie and Corey about the fact that Laurie knows he's evil, doesn't want him near a granddaughter. But before all of that, he's like talking to himself about how he needs to kill her or something. Or but there's been no indication from Jamie Lee Curtis that she doesn't like him before they have this conversation. I thought this just doesn't, it just doesn't work. You've not built up to this at all.
0: I watched a review that said that that scene
1: he was imagining. Her.
0: Yeah, that she wasn't there.
1: That was another thing that crossed my mind. Yeah, which it just wasn't... didn't.
0: Which just didn't. Maybe I was. Maybe I was just tuned out by that point with disappointment, thinking about all the other films that could have been made with like, these ideas. But I, I didn't. It makes more sense now that someone has said that she wasn't there. That he was imagining her.
1: Oh, sorry. That that was my reading of it, which even backs up what I'm saying. So if they've never had that conversation. And he's no indication that she doesn't like him. Where's he getting all this information from? Just, yeah, cut a corner there, but oh well, never mind. Anything else?
0: No, that's all from me on Halloween ends.
1: Well, thank you very much for tuning into a spooky episode. It wasn't spooky. We didn't make it very Halloween-y, but whatever. There's always next year. If you want to support this podcast, you can always do so by leaving us a five-star review and rating on whatever podcast platform you choose to listen to us on. Follow us on Instagram at in the Isles podcast. And if you wish to email us, please do it. InTheIslesPodcast at gmail.com. James, what are we reviewing next week?
0: Next week, we're reviewing Barbarian, the new horror film. Not to be confused with Barbarians on Netflix.
1: Sticking with the horror, it would seem. Well past Halloween, will be dead and gone. James... Michael Myers, alternative reality of this. He's been released from prison. He's, he's entered into society again. Best job for him. Welder, I think. Well, Welder, either. Would have said butcher. butcher. Yeah. Strong hands. And yeah. uh, no health and safety concerns, because he's indestructible. Makes sense. Right. <laughs> Thank you very much. See you next week.
0: Bye.